I would have let them, I would have made excuses to let them defeat me. I would have, yeah, I would have found every excuse and be like, oh, that's too expensive or there's no way I could do that. I'm not, I don't have enough money for that. There was, there would always be an excuse to why I couldn't do something. Hello, I am Joel Ingram and this is Crisis to Crushing It podcast. Let's dive into this week's talk and I'll help to increase perspective, expand perception and allow you to change your reality. Enjoy the show. Okay, so today on the show we have Kip Scott. Kip, welcome to the show. Thanks, great to be here. So Kip is, uh, is helping busy, hardworking men get the best body and life possible using his man revamp method. So Kip, would you like to tell us a little bit more about that, please? Yeah, so the, the man revamp method, it's, uh, it's just a series of, uh, well, when you uh, first go to the, you click on the, uh, on the link, you will get a free uh, PDF, and it has uh, about eight or nine steps that show you how to get started, because I'm a big fan and believing, and of course, my own personal experience and the people that I've coached, if you start with the body first, then you can kind of get everything together in a sense. So uh, getting your health in check and actually feeling good enough to actually do good for yourself in all other areas of life is, uh, is probably the best uh, key to getting what you want completely out of life. So, uh, but yeah, with that being said, it, uh, the, the rent man revamp method is it goes up to about 12 to 16 weeks and it's coaching one-on-one to where it's tailored to your own li- own lifestyle. And it's, uh, to where we can pinpoint where you may be having problems with uh, not just physicality, but with your mental, uh, maybe some spiritual stuff in there as well. And just try to get you feeling good about life again and getting on the right track with uh, getting every ounce of life and happiness that you can out of it. I like it. I like it. And so true. I mean, uh, I, I've been there where uh, it's been life has been a struggle, and the first part of getting past that struggle was putting my maybe eating habits right, getting on top of my weight, because that seemed to be dragging me down further than. Well, that probably was the cause of me then feeling, you know, not so great in my head and mental health and other things. Then you know, so I like mm-hmm. I like that, and I'll be checking that out later on, and we'll be posting a link to it on the podcast for the for the listeners. So as well as this man revamp method going on at the moment, what, what else is going on in the world right now? So uh, I've been in food and nutrition about, let's see, probably 15, 20 years now. And I love anything to do with food. Of course, I love to eat. Of course, it's I like to show people how to eat in a good way to where you don't have to eat junk and it still tastes great. A lot of people have the misconception that uh, eating uh, healthy is going to taste bad and you have to eat chicken and rice and that sort of thing. And that's not true. Um, with, uh, yeah, with the nutrition, I felt that that would be perfect to merge the two together. And, and if people don't want that, I'm, if I'm coaching you, for example, don't want to actually cook for themselves, many of them don't have time. There are plenty of resources out there and meal prep companies now that you that I can get them to, uh, actually, guide them towards and they can have stuff delivered to them 
by either by mail or they could pick it up in there wherever they live maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, as far as that also, uh, I still teach classes. I'm big on kettlebells and using a body weight type stuff. Those I've been using those now since 2000, probably 2010 or so. And I move better than I ever have and felt better than I ever have. I used to do a lot of bodybuilding and that just wasn't my thing. I like to move and function well as as well as I look too. So, but yeah, definitely still teaching classes and in front of people and dealing with food. So I'm constantly, it's an everyday thing for me. I hear what you're saying on the chicken and rice and it's, it's, uh, it's something I've been contemplating, uh, contemplating is doing uh, a show, like you said, about bodybuilding, but not the one where they're, they're huge and they, you know, they're massive, but like, a, a smaller version where they more fitness show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but what would, what would a meal look like uh, for somebody that maybe did want to sign up with you and have a, have a, have a crack? Can you give us an example? I'm big, yeah. I'm a big fan of one bowl meals. It's so easy to just put everything in a bowl and get great taste and all your nutrients at the same time. So for me, I like to use the Instant Pot. I like to put uh, probably four or five pounds of chicken in there. And I like to use, uh, there's a couple of sauces out there that are they're gluten-free, they are uh, sodium, there's, uh, well, not sodium, but uh, soy. And any of the artificial things that like to get, work the way in foods are not present in um, some of the Tesame sauces and such. But I like to take a couple of bottles of those, put it in the Instant Pot, cook it for about 40 minutes. And you can take that protein and pretty much mix and match with whatever you want. So you're not having to eat the same thing over and over. So a typical meal for me is a, a really good, a big go-to for me is taking a sweet potato, put it in the microwave or oven, cut it in half, put it in the bowl, then pour the chicken and the sauce over that, cut up some greens, put in that, maybe some, um, sauerkraut or something to go with that to kind of help with the gut and such and uh, it may kind of sound nasty but again it's, it, it's yeah it's a one bowl meal you put it all in one don't have to worry about cooking a bunch of other stuff you're getting your greens you're getting your nutrients you're getting good fiber and um your know, carbohydrates from the sweet potatoes and protein so that's it those are my go-to meals nice man no i want to dig into something you just said there because you said uh People think uh, they've got to eat. It doesn't. It's, it's not going to taste good. And I was. I had this discussion with all my children because they were asking for McDonald's, and I. I said no, and uh, we, the conversation started around McDonald's and and everything else. And I thought, well, I'll give them a meal and see what they say. So I, I did uh, rice, uh, uh, roast pe- uh, peppers, onions, um, sweet corn peas. You know, so they can make like a rice bowl, like burrito type thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, but it's it's funny, isn't it? Because the the rubbish food that keeps us trapped in 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 a frame and a body that doesn't allow you to do what you want to do, that causes you to have pain in your back and your knees, that causes you to be blowing going up the stairs. That food isn't really tasty. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? It's, 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 
when I look back, and, and even now and again when we have something, and I think it's a little bit naughty, it doesn't taste tasty. It's mm-hmm. it's, it's something else. It's this. I don't know if, if it's the memory of eating it and a time when it was like a because it's it's always treated as a treat. You know, I'll, I'll treat you to a McDonald's. It's not a treat. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and uh, would, you, would you like to talk on that? Do you do you have any thoughts on that? Yeah, it, I mean that stuff is course designed. You know, they put a lot millions and millions of dollars into that to make the the salts and the sweetness and the fats and everything kind of proportioned just right to where you almost are addicted to it. I mean, and then you wash it down with a uh, big sugary soda or some sort of big sweet tea from McDonald's or something, for example. But yeah, it is, uh, it's rigged, I feel, to mess with you. And when the way that I can tell when something doesn't agree with me is how my body feels afterwards. So example, for a really high heart rate, uh, itching and flushing, those are, uh, some of those can be autoimmune type things, but, uh, those are all signs, joints that you mentioned earlier. That's a big one for me, especially in my hands. If uh, my body tells me what it should or should not be doing, and I would pay for it dearly if I don't listen to it. Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. So you mentioned, um, you say sauerkraut just now? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you mentioned the gut. Would you like to talk a little about that? Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big proponent of eating uh, Things such as sauerkraut, uh, kombuchas, uh, any kind of fermented pickles, uh, any kind of fermented vegetable, whatever it may be, is I, they have done wonders for my health. They don't, um, I don't get any bloating from them. They make my body and my mind feel better. Um, yeah, that's another thing too, the mind and the gut. Of course, you hear, you've heard all the research and such up there now about that. There's a huge connection to that. I would, I'd, firm believer that there's a huge connection on that. I was, I'm someone uh, that's dealt with a lot of depression in my entire life. Some of that can have been situational, but a lot of that was a mechanical to where it was uh, my environment and what I was putting into my body. That's such huge with uh, fermented foods. I believe help to, to help repopulate the gut and get it back online and the, and the gut and the mind working together. Absolutely. So, have you, have you? Do you know if there's actually any research out there about these fermented foods? I mean, I, I've I've watched lots of documentaries and spoken to people, and it, you know, I I drink kombucha myself, so I I believe in the benefits. But I, I've been, I've never actually researched whether there's actual research. Have you done anything any work on that? I have, and I don't have the links with me, but I would definitely be willing to send some your way. Fantastic. And, uh, yeah, it's, um, again, proofs in the body with that sort of thing, too. And sometimes, you know, one thing that says it's good for one person may not be good for another. Not everyone could would may not react well to some fermented things, but from my experience, it's 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 been great so far with that. That's cool. So you, you mentioned in the beginning that you had um – you say lifestyle coach mm-hmm. and fitness and health. Mm-hmm. So what's the, the lifestyle aspect of that is obviously health and fitness, but I mean, do you, do you help with other things as well? Yeah. I like to dive into getting people to face 
what they may not really want to be facing. If they need to make changes in their life that need to be made, the hardest ones are the, are the ones that we are, everyone are bad to put off last or the elephant in the room. We should, I could say happy, but getting them to face that, whether it's something even as extreme as a divorce or something of that nature, or they're in a bad relationship, just getting someone to look at, okay, what am I doing right now? Why am I feeling so bad? I'm eating this and that, and I'm still, I'm sad. I'm depressed. I'm dreading life every day. There's a sign right there that's telling me that some, you're not, whoever I'm talking with is not being honest with themselves. And it's tough. That's very tough. Uh, I've been there myself, and sometimes I still go through that. I'll make decisions in life and be like, oh, I shouldn't have done that. It's time to change. Now I'm going to have to back out. But in the end, it will benefit you to actually just be straight up with yourself be honest, make the changes that are the hardest to make and uh, live, take care of you. I like that last part. Take care of you. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? Cause uh, I used to beat myself up when I used to go to the gym because I was, was having time away from the kids and and the wife. And uh, I really used to chew myself out about it, but it, it wasn't until um, I touched on a topic of extreme ownership and uh, uh turning that into something I had to understand for myself that I sort of realized all everything I've created in my life was on me and that and that moment where I realized that and I was at a point where I was like 17 and a half stone um it wasn't until I realized the extreme ownership part of that that I needed to make those shifts and then once I realized that then allowed me to train guilt-free to a degree because I then shifted my training times to the morning. I mean, there's, there's always something we can do to help ourselves, always. So if if if, if he was going to call a client out and, and call the big elephant in the room, as you say, well, how would you approach that with a client? Can you talk? maybe talk us through it? Yeah. I would, uh, I've actually done this before with uh, a number of my uh, higher end type clients and they'd be getting results, but they're just still not feeling quite right in their mind and body. So I would approach the issue, which it can be touchy. I mean, it also depends on how you know, well, the, you know, the individual and what to say. But being straightforward and like, hey, look, I sense that this area of your life needs some work and that it's becoming a problem for you. And I would, I try to approach the problem with them to where they will actually answer for me and be like, they will, I will, I will leave an open-ended question and kindly tell themselves what they needed to know already that they knew already. So you open-ended questions are some of the best. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so such as like, I would be like, well, what do you think is really the problem here? What do you think is bothering you in, in this example, I mean, your relationship or something, or because a lot of times you will see the patterns keep cropping up over and over and they will say little things. And I would be like, there's something underlying there. Obviously that's your coaching intuition 
those things keep coming up. But how could we bring awareness to ourselves uh, of of that um, as maybe a stepping stone then to maybe work with somebody like yourself? Not a lot of people have the intuition themselves. I think lives are so busy that they uh, can't really tell their what you call gut feeling from anxieties or dread or whatever it may be. But I would get them, I would, uh, I would kind of, I guess in a way, call them out. Sometimes you do have to use a little tough love. It's the best thing, I think, in actually just bringing something to the forefront. Yeah. Just call them out. I think sometimes you need to see it, stare it straight in the face and understand it because sometimes you're so in it. It's difficult to get any perspective, you know, mm-hmm. and being able to shift to that at the place where, like you're saying, you're asking those open-ended questions, like, what, what do you think is the problem? Mm-hmm. I bet you've had some beautiful reactions of people when they've actually had the the epiphany of, oh, my God, it's, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So what was, I mean, can you, can you talk to, um, the point of where you, where you've had those discussions and you've called things out that the, the the difference in the person with regards to what you're doing like their level of drive their level of determination what, what, what's the difference between before and after the, that realization when i actually coached someone through that they they as you said, they have an ownership sense to themselves. So for example, they will start being like, you know what? You're right about that. This was what was going on with me. Uh, sometimes someone will uh, jet around an issue and I will, I will get them to look into it as if, they were, they were an outsider from their life and get them to where they're actually becoming comfortable being uncomfortable. Um, example, one of my clients, he was having issues with eating and I knew he was lying to me. And there's some, now sometimes you can't make every, not every client's going to come through either, but, and that's just part of it. Some people aren't willing, aren't ready to face those issues. And that's fine. But uh, I just kept, you know, I finally came to the point to where I'm like, look, something's going on and you're either lying or you are, and I hate, I hate to use that word, but, or you're not being honest with yourself. It's a, it's a difficult conversation to have sometimes, mm-hmm. especially when you're trying to implement the change. You know, you, you, you don't enter into this, uh, in, into this game for the money you entered in it because you really want to help others change and implement change. So it can yeah, be, a, I've been there myself. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was just, that was actually the next question is, so going back to a time when you were in school, what sort of stories come to mind? Yeah. I, uh, when I was in school, I was, uh, I was really overweight. I got picked on a lot for it. Granted, I did have some great memories in school. I had a lot of good friends. But there's when you're a child, 
it seems as if those things stick in you and they grow into other things as you get older. And I think being heavy and overweight was what caused me to really want to help others because I can empathize with that. And I know exactly how they feel and how that feels to be degraded. And um, I think when you, when a client senses, they understand that you understand you have this level of being on the same wavelength Mm -hmm. and being able to communicate better. But uh, yeah, that's what the being overweight was some of the biggest, uh, some of my hardest memories. And then, you know, they would always say, don't eat so much. Of course, I still love to eat, but I I know how to manage it in a better way now. I think I'll always still love to eat. (laughs) But, uh, but yeah. Yeah, I hear you. I, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 um, I, I was similar. It's very when I actually when I read your story, it's very very similar to mine. Um, except I come to the awareness with my weight a lot later in life. Um, constantly trying to diet, constantly trying to lose it, self sabotaging. Um, I probably so identified with being a lump that it was probably part of me. Uh, even to the point where other people now still say, uh, even though I've lost a, you know, a lot of weight, they preferred me big because it, I think it makes them feel comfortable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? Familiarity, but, yeah. And uh, yeah, there's, there's absolutely no way am I going back. Um, but to have, to have uh, you know, to take on, it's like sometimes when you, I, I work with people that have depression, and they take, they actually identify as depressed. So they're not, you know, depression is a state, it's transient, it, it moves. So you have moments of depression or you, you have, you know, moments of time. You're not constantly in that state. And it, I, I found it interesting that when I was, as you was talking, and asked what was coming to me was the fact that I so associated with being a big boy, you know, and having this size that I wasn't able to shift out of it. And it's, I, I, I got friends and I see them now and, you know, I, I so want to reach out and just say, look, all you got to do is this. Rob, people need to reach a level of pain. Mm-hmm. Would you, would you, can you, would you like to uh, talk to that? Yeah. Pain. That's we get to maybe talk about depression with that. Uh, with my extreme depression my most extreme depressions i was at the point where i had to be on medication and those had terrible side effects so i got to the point where i'm like okay i i ran into someone i I found out about someone who was named her name's kelly brogan dr kelly brogan and if it wasn't for her with uh dealing with depression and uh, her book's called a mind of your own and it starts with the body and eating and how to look at yourself and uh, you have when it comes to a point of pain it gets so bad that you're like okay I'm either going to die or if I don't do something about this I'm going to die or I have to move forward through it the pain point anxiety depression points at something it's I don't it's not a disease itself which I you see all the time, all these, uh, if you're with you, someone who watches TV or you see commercials on your or ads on your phone, it's always something like Cymbalta or some sort of antidepressant. 
and they're saying you have this thing wrong with you when in fact I think it'd be best to look in another direction and be like, what am I doing that's causing these symptoms of depression and anxiety? Nice man. Nice. Yeah. And you're so right. I, I tend to be in a coal mine. Yeah. It's yeah. I was, I was a zombie. I tended to a zombie on them. To the point where I, I recognized that I had a moment of clarity and I thought, Oh, what am I doing? I mean, it's not to knock medication, obviously, because mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's got its uses. Mm-hmm. But having that moment of clarity where I thought I can't live and exist this way because my kids mm-hmm. and family need me, you know, I was, I was numb and that's no yeah. way to live, you know? Mm-hmm. So what it took then was like you said earlier on the biggest elephant, which was my weight. And I was dealing with it in a very drastic way, you know? So mm-hmm. yeah, good point. <laughs> okay. So recording when you were younger, what sort of uh, what lessons do you think took you longest to learn? Probably, I'd say. Well, of course, yeah, if it was educational wise, it would have been math. I was always told I was bad at that, but uh, maybe now I'm not as bad as I thought. If I were to actually sit down and work through some of those same problems and whatnot, but uh, being able to understand others and be patient with people, as far as my uh, temperament goes. I was, uh, I'm bad. I'm really bad to be impatient and be uh, sometimes hot headed when it comes to change or not understanding people, but just uh, kind of taking a step back and hearing people, hearing someone out and being uh, kind but more kind and loving and just, you know, kind of hearing where they're coming from and uh, yeah, be a little, be more kind. <laughs> definitely. Do you have a daily practice that, cultivates that yeah if someone tells me something that's hurtful i do my best to not react but respond so in other words i'll think through before i actually become angry but even though i may be angry inside or hurt inside i give myself time to kind of look at it maybe from their point of view yeah perspective is perspective is a wonderful thing Mm -hmm. That's excellent. Okay. Okay. So fast forward a few years to a time of great change in your life. And what stories and emotions does that evoke for you? Uh, let's see. When I was uh, around my twenties and such, I was, uh, I started, um, of course, trying to help other people and such with health and fitness. And I started taking care of myself as well, even more. So by doing that, I, went through the gamut of all the fitness and nutrition stuff, all the diets, all the workouts. So of course I was in bodybuilding at first and after a few years that became a problem in itself. I seemed to fixate on the things that were wrong with me instead of the things that were going right for me and uh, did long distance running for a while, tried cycling, which both of those, you know, I like, I like cycling more than the, than the long distance running. Then I discovered kettlebells, and that was what that was the the gold mine for me. I call it, they they call it functional, I guess you could say training. But uh, it's I feel good and move good and look good as well at the same time. And I think if you can get all find out find something that works for you in that field and whatever you can do, whether it's mind or body or whatnot. 
if it can cover all three of those, then you're probably on the right track. I do a lot of hiking and such as well. Being outdoors was uh, one of the major things for me with uh, uh, defeating depression and dealing with that and anxiety, yeah. especially. Is, um, was, was you, as a kid, were you surrounded by um, others who were suffering with um, depression and stuff? Yeah, maybe there was a few of my friends that were, yeah, especially my cousin. She definitely dealt with uh, a lot of that as well. So uh, just out of curiosity, I was just, I was thinking our stories are very similar, like as I've mentioned. And I was just wondering, like with your your family setting, when you were, you know, maybe eight or nine, what what did that setting look like then for you? What was What was the family dynamic and, around food and exercise and, and the general, you know, the general way of life. Uh, of course I'm from the country. You can probably tell by um, the accent in my, in my voice. <laughs> so uh, we eat those types of foods such as fried foods and like bread with every meal. Um, we did, I, I was really fairly active outside and such, but as far, far as exercising went with they, my family and such, we never really had a, a regimen uh, my dad would exercise some so my mom would a little bit but it was never anything that really seemed to stand out but uh eating was a thing in the south that's just something that has how you uh that's how you had a good time with your family and friends and there was always food it sounds very similar to my culture <laughs> mm-hmm. in fact we're coming to the point where we're not not struggling but we're trying to understand how we can still be in those situations and make better choices mm. but rather than removing ourselves from the situation, which is what we have done. Um, and that's, that, that wasn't healthy either. You know, it's, uh, you've got to find a way of being that suits you without being, mm-hmm. without having the peer pressure that goes with, you know, mm-hmm. the other side of it. Maybe holidays and such, you know, you could definitely, I'm, I'm a big fan of going all out if you want. That's, I mean, eat, eat to your heart to content with those types of food. But other than that, it would be best to, uh, to change that up. Absolutely. I mean, I've seen some of your Southern food. It looks beautiful too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. In I definitely fact, love to cook. It's, it's on, it's on our agenda, a trip down that way for the food. <laughs> so, <laughs> So, if um, if life was to be happening for you and not to you, what lesson do you believe you were gifted? I feel after everything I've been through, I can read and empathize with people. Yeah, you know, and I, I keep getting better at that. It seems like the older I get, I think maybe that's something too that comes with age. But uh. I'm in tune with, I've always had this uh, ability to look at someone's body and be like, this might be what you should do or try. And a lot of times that's right. Um, I can tell when someone has more fluid on them or has lost a few pounds or if they've gained a little bit of musculature more so than the average person would. Granted, you know, I've been in health and fitness, but it just seems like I see that, that aura of, what state their body is in at that time. Have you, have you done any work on the spiritual sides, Kev? 
yeah, I, um, I'm a, I like to practice some of the Buddhist teachings. That those have proved have gotten me out of so much suffering. You know, a lot of their, uh, a lot of us of the, the Buddhist ways that they talk about suffering and that's attachments and that's what causes us to suffer. But uh, I was raised Christian and such, but I kind of went away from that and then went into something that was more hands-on. And I felt that the Buddhist, Buddhist type principles, and it's, I, I don't practice Buddhism as a religion, but it's more um, a way of living. Because hmm. I'm, I'm afraid if I were to practice something as a religion, I would get stuck into a dogmatic way of doing something. And then again, there we go again, getting going down a rabbit hole with um, something that may not suit me doing as a ritual instead of something that I feel is best for me. That's good. So it sounds like you've got an awareness of a, maybe you've got a slightly addictive personality. Mm -hmm. So how, how do you, how do you manage that? Again, with, instead of having a drink or, smoking or doing drugs though that was something that my life also also was spotted with throughout my younger years uh, i stay well hydrated if i become stressed i try to eat something that will fill my stomach in a good way and not in a way of going out there to get cookies or something sweet but giving my body what it says that it's wanting things i feel a lot of that comes through addiction wise comes through maybe something like a vitamin deficiency or needing more companionship or uh, a community of people that understand you and it's so easy to just mm -hmm. um, cover it up with a drug and numb yourself yeah so food um whatever kind of ritual works for you that is, doesn't require chemicals. So I feel it would be best. You, you see, there's a, a Buddhist principles as a way of living. Well, can you tell us how you, that sort of fits into your day and what it sort of looks like? Yeah. Uh, you going back to the, uh, addictive type personality. I'm really bad to push myself to where, it's unhealthy and I beat myself up. So instead of doing that, I come from a stance of being like, okay, stop, stop a bit. Cause I can't help anybody if I'm not in the right mental or physical state to where I can actually do better. So I will, uh, I will use that as a, as a positive way to kind of reel myself back in and then also treat people better and do the best work that I can that I know that I should be doing. Whether it comes to uh, being honest, uh, working at, the, in, at my job, or training clients, coaching clients, having someone's best interest in mind, I feel, is the first place to start with Buddhism and using those principles. Okay. I'm going to check out some of the books you've mentioned. So, um, okay. So we sort of touched on it there. How, how do you, can we talk to two different aspects of yourself? So maybe the, the one before Buddhism and the one after. So talking to the one before, uh, how would you have dealt with 
uh, and viewed obstacles in life in the past? I would have let them, I would have made excuses to let them defeat me. I would have, yeah, I would have found every excuse and be like, oh, that's too expensive or there's no way I could do that. I'm not, I don't have enough money for that. There was, there would always be an excuse to why I couldn't do something. Okay. I would be closed minded too. I was very much more closed minded when I was, uh, before I practiced any of that stuff. Okay. And what, what was, what was the pivot point for you shifting that closed mindset? I, um, Actually, there's a, a book I have, didn't write it on the uh, on the notes, but uh, a book by Neil Donald Walsh called "Conversations with God" was oh, yes. my biggest, yeah, my biggest turning point. And I was like, "Whoa, wait a minute! I've been thinking this way this whole time, and then really didn't have to be." And that was I'll never forget the first actually getting the book itself and actually reading it. I read it over and over, and then I got, of course, there's, uh, he has several more, but Neil Donald Walsh does. And that really opened my eyes. That was the beginning of everything, of my huge transition. And and how long ago was that? Mm, let's see. It's probably, I think it's back around 2005 or so. Yeah. So you've been living a very different life for the last 17 years. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. Okay. That's cool. Okay. So talking to the, the you now, um, how do you now view and deal with obstacles in life? I have the mindset to, of where if I'm passionately, if I'm true, I look at something that I, if I want something, for example, I want to achieve something, I look at it as of how will this fit into my life? Will it benefit me on in the pillars of health wealth, love, and happiness. And, uh, and, the, and the, I feel that those, and those areas can be, are going to be different for each person on a scale of, if you use scale of one to 10, for example, people are going to have different numbers in those. But if you can get those in the higher number ranges of your health, wealth, love, and happiness and keep them constant, that's that's another good sign that you're on the right path. So if you if you the what's this what's the quote? That which gets scheduled gets done, and that which gets prioritized gets managed, or something. So how do you manage that aspect of balancing those three things? I've been I have been doing a lot more journaling. That used to be something I never I never did do. I like to journal on. I have an app because it's so much easier to, uh, especially working in food. I don't want to have uh, notebooks laying around and stuff because they're going to be covered in crap. <laughs> and uh, I just, if there's something I'm thinking of or, I, or I'm mulling over, I like to take it take it in that note and just write it in there, come back to it later, expand on it, and reflect on how it's affecting me or how I responded to it in that moment or what, what, what emotions it, that evoked in me in that moment while I had to write, when I wrote that down. So writing things out, I feel is huge and just kind of, there's some, we all have so much going on in the modern age. Now we have so many distractions and if you don't write something down, it's going to be just like gone in a second. Yeah. 
I think we have a lot buzzing around inside our heads that would do better off on paper. Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, that, that, that was part of my shift was actually starting to write down all the things I used to say to myself and the way I used to talk to myself. And then actually asking, is it helpful? <laughs> and I'd, I'd probably say about 98% of what I write in was not helpful at all. But that, that would have stayed con constantly locked up in my head, creating my habits and allowing me to perpetuate the life that I didn't want. So I think it's yeah. really powerful journey. Journaling is really powerful. Especially it's great to come back to it. And because a lot of times issues will crop back up and you're like, like, damn, I thought I dealt with this already. Of course, your every change is inevitable and you're going to be a different person in a few weeks than you were back when you wrote something. And then I, and then I'll look back on notes and be like, Oh, okay. Let's kind of reorganize myself here. I've done this before. I can do this again. Let me ground myself and uh, go forward with this. Yeah. Yeah. It's powerful, isn't it? It's, uh, as you say, you, 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 you evolve, you're constantly evolving. And if you're going to have that perspective, we can go back and check and, and re-identify what you did to get through it. It's probably showing up again, but it's just a slightly different aspect of your evolved self giving off the earlier, the earlier uh, situation, which is funny. It's just, are we sort of like keep going, keep going, keep going. And then eventually that may no longer be an issue. And then the next one crops up and we start learning it all over again. <laughs> so maintaining that mind of uh, constantly learning, I think, and, and staying constantly curious is, is what serve, has served me best anyway. Do you have a, a mindset that you approach life with? I try to approach things as nothing's nothing is so serious. And I'm preaching to the choir here. So I, have, I can beat myself up sometimes really bad. Again, that's one of those things I have to keep going back to. Uh, I try to be like, nothing is too, is so serious that it is worth your mental health and physical health. When you start deteriorating, then I think one needs to step back and look me like, okay, this isn't worth it. I need to approach this in a different way. Yeah. And it takes a brave man to do that. Brave man and woman, you know, to actually Maybe be a little more lax, being more lax, definitely. And that's a lot of, that's sometimes seems, well, especially in the today's society, contrary, they always want to push, 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 keep going, going. But I feel it's time just, it's time to let back and just chill out for a bit gather myself and be like, okay, this is worth this. Let's let me, um, I want to approach this a different way. Yeah. Nice man. Nice. Okay. Can you, uh, tell me a story about something that has amazed you? Uh, let's see when I made the changes with, uh, into like the, the Buddhist and nor the, the Eastern type, uh, views, I, uh, it seemed like, um, I became much more adaptable and able to take on challenges, things that would have bothered me. The old me would have bothered me so much more and it caused me to have closed up and to have clammed up and to have stopped to where I, I, I feel like I can adapt to, and anybody I feel can do this, can adapt to anything. Your ability to adapt 
I feel is what show uh, what will show your success in life and your uh, ability to overcome hardship and appreciate what's best for you and those and and, and your loved ones. Nicely said. Nicely said. Okay, and looking into the future, what would be the craziest and most exciting thing that Kip could be experiencing? So, um, of course, uh, I've worked very hard all my life, and I've kind of fallen into that corporate type, even though my job is not corporate, but I still kind of have that mentality, just you got to work, 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 keep pushing, keep pushing until no matter how bad you hurt, you got to keep going. Um, it's caused me to realize that I'm wasting a lot of my life working and at the end of the day, I don't have anything left to enjoy other aspects of my life, such as my, uh, and my partner and, you know, our time, my time with her and, uh, some of my friends and such and family. Um, I want to, I would like to maybe live a nomadic type lifestyle. I've always, since I was a kid even, and I come by this, honestly, there's people in my family who has campers and have always done that sort of type of living. Um, I would like to maybe live in an RV and do some traveling, especially with the, the online business. When you're remote like that, you can go wherever and work from wherever and um, have more time to just live life and explore and see things. Awesome. Mm -hmm. I love it. So I love you it. sell everything off and that's living a minimalist lifestyle, like truly minimalist lifestyle. I'm used to having a lot of things and too many things. And the more things you have, the more mind space gets taken up, the more you have to worry about. So I think that's my, that's my, in the future, that's my, that's my goal is to do that. Excellent. Excellent. It sounds like a beautiful, uh, a beautiful goal to have, man. Beautiful goal. Okay, so um, would you mind telling my audience where they can find you and, and on what platforms, please? Yeah, um, I have my website. It's uh, coachkipscott.com. And then uh, also probably the best way to actually find me would be on Facebook. And uh, over on the left-hand column is the introductory uh, to me and my uh, the program that I teach people coach people through with the man rebound method. Uh, it is towards men, but a lot of yeah, this can be, I can coach women as well. But however, this is, I have dialed it in for men right now. Um, having a program for women, I would like to do that in the future. I've had a lot of great success with uh, coaching uh, women on that too. But, but yeah, this one right now is specifically for men. Uh, um, and you find the link on Facebook. Uh, on Instagram as well. Instagram's where you can see all the yummy foods and stuff that I like to cook. Twitter, I'm not as active on, but uh, Facebook and Instagram are your best bet. I'll certainly be going to Instagram and checking that out. You've got the recipes on there? <laughs> yes, yeah, some of them do have recipes, yeah. Fantastic. So is, is, is the South the home of the cornbread? Yes. It is, <laughs> right. Okay, I'll be some, I'm going to have a look now because there's some, obviously some genuine recipes on there. I'm going to have to have a taste of one of them, so. I've seen it in all the movies and I've never had it in my life. So, <laughs> Oh, wow. Really? <laughs> it's very good. You can make a meal out of it by itself too. So yeah, there's so many different types of cornbread you can make. You can 
you can have it with ham in it. You can have it with any kind of proteins. Um, so yeah. So go on and talk us through it then. So what what is what's what's in cornbread then? Uh, cornbread. Uh, I say one that would you could a lot of in the South we use. Um, a lot of times people would use cornbread and buttermilk, and they just mix that together and eat out of a bowl. That may sound disgusting, but it's actually pretty good. Um, <laughs> so, so is it like a scone? Or like a top uh, scone? Kind of. Are you, you mean it like a, kind of like a biscuit type? Yeah. It's similar, but it's more coarse ground than that. Okay. And it's not it's as made fluffy. With flour? Uh, with a cornmeal. Cornmeal. Okay. Which is like, like an oat or is it ground flour, like a ground or is it in its natural form? It's, yeah, it's great. It's, it's just a uh, milled corn, just ground up corn. Okay. So my next yeah, question. textures of it. Okay. So, so next the question then is what's grits? Uh, it is grits is hominy that has been uh, desiccated or dried up to where you can just reconstitute it and make, um, I mean, again, the options are endless with that too. You could put butter in it and milk. Uh, shrimp and cheese is really good. Cajun type style shrimp with cheese. Uh, you could put jalapenos in the cornbread or uh, grits. You could spice it up. I mean, the sky's the limit with that sort of thing. Do you ever, do you, have you ever done any of those recipes on your Instagram? I don't think I have any of those on. I might have. See, my dad had. Uh, I'll have to check. But my dad during Christmas, I like to take pictures of the food and stuff because he really cooks Southern. So I like to show people, hey, this is what I like to do when I'm really just like splurging and going all out and just enjoying myself. Uh, there may be one on that post. Well, that was probably a couple of Christmas or a couple of Thanksgivings ago. Okay, I'll have a look back, see if I can find it. If not, I might be back in touch to see if you'd be willing to do a a, a recipe for me and and and, and dedicate it to me, <laughs> so I so I can pick it up on the feed. Okay, can do that. Sure. <laughs> uh, brilliant. Okay, um, and lastly, can you reference a book or a podcast which you feel has really helped you on your journey? Uh, of course, the uh, the book by the Conversations with God, Neil Donald Walsh. That was again, that was where I did my major pivot. But uh, it's actually called The Book by Alan Watts. That's been a major life changer for me. Uh, the End of Your World by uh, Adyashanti, uh, and then of course any of Ram Dass's works. But uh, one of his, the ones that I'm actually reading now, just started reading. It's called Miracle of Love, and it's just uh, showed how to be more compassionate and how it talks about um, his guru, um, Maharaji, and how he was uh, almost like something, kind of like God in form, in, 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 in human form, and uh, just talks about all the wonderful miracles and things that he did and just the things that he would say. Just uh, warms your heart and makes it helps me realize that, you know, there's, there's lots of beauty still out in the world and lots of love to be experienced and given. Mm. Don't forget now, if you're, if you're coaching all these people and showing compassion, the most important to show person to show compassion to is yourself. Yes. 
Stop, yeah. kick, stop kicking your old ass. <laughs> mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Again, I'm preaching to the choir when I do that sometimes, but that's where you have to step back and be like, okay, it's so bad right now. Let's just chill out and take it easy. I think I think everybody does it on some level. It's, it's just having the awareness of it mm-hmm. and knowing how to redirect. Excellent stuff. Kip, thank you very much for coming on today. It's been a been wonderful conversation. I've thoroughly enjoyed talking to you. Oh, you're welcome. It's been great. Yeah, anytime. So thank you for listening today. I hope you enjoyed it. My name is Joel Ingram, and I am a certified NLP coach. I help passionate, resourceful, and professional people who feel stuck and unfulfilled with aspects of life to rewrite their narrative and chronicle a new, engaging, and captivating future. Please subscribe if you found benefit. Okay, mate, we'll go off air there. Uh, thank, thank you very much for your time. Um, I really resonated with your story, actually. There was a lot of stuff on there that we could have been uh, we could have been split, <laughs> split, split at birth, I think. So, uh, <laughs> I hope I answered some of those. I know at the beginning there was a couple up there. That I might not have been exact about, but hopefully I answered them. No, no, uh, knowledge on that. But if you need to redo anything, let me know. No, no, we good. It's um, I I don't go freaky on the editing. Is I keep it quite, you know, quite raw and honest. Like so, uh, yeah, no, that was that was really good. Um, yeah, I like it. I like your vibe, Kip. It's uh, it was it was a, it was good fun, and uh, especially getting the food bit. I don't know if you noticed. <laughs> 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 I like the food bit. Okay, fantastic. Oh yeah. So, too. you uh, you up for staying in touch, and maybe we could do another one at the later date. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Definitely. Yeah? Cool. Okay. Um, you mentioned the, about doing the food packages, or you can you can sort people out with the, their own food. I'd like to connect with someone that maybe does that. Is that okay? Be yeah? great. And. Uh, I, I think he's in, I'm not sure where you are, but he's in Arizona. So he's, he's on a closer time zone than me. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, he's probably, in Arizona, he's probably like, I think he's three hours behind me. Yes. Okay. So what time you got there yeah. now? It is 4.31 in the evening. Fantastic. Just Just coming down to chill time. Yeah. Excellent. Have to relax and actually I may go to the park, take the take the dog to the park and absorb a little nature. Nice. Nice. It's good to get yeah, up. Yeah, definitely. I would, uh, I, I'd, I'd love to do another one if you want. And then, but yeah, it'd be, be great to be in touch with, uh, with him as well. Okay. Fantastic. Kip, thank you very much. I'm going to go get my head down because it's, it's, it's past my bedtime. <laughs> a little late there. <laughs> hey, it's good, man. It's, uh, you know, I, I enjoy this connection and it's uh it gives me a level of fulfillment that I I wouldn't get in my day to day life. So it's uh you know, it's 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 also it's well, it's awesome. I, I, I love it like so. Thank you very much. Yeah. You're welcome, John. You uh, sleep well and I'll uh talk to you soon. All right. Thank you, Kip. Have a good one. All right, good night. Bye bye.